so, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you need to get a little more sleep. And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. Now, I know we're delightful, but you are going to miss out on some stuff that we think is pretty important. There's some other delightful people at church. There are. There are. There's intergenerational community and support and encouragement and challenge that that brings. There's inspiring music. And there's, well, at our church, there's cake after church most of the time. But we'll give you what we can. I mean, we have tea and cookies. I mean, it's just, it's, it's lovely. It's fine. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We are your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday. So as you're listening to this, we just ask that you would keep an open heart and an open mind. And a quick note, we really aren't expecting you to agree with everything we say or not. In fact, we want you to use that brain between your ears to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. But our sincere hope is that in that process, you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. That's where I started my sermon on Sunday. I said, happy Halloween. Everybody laughed at me because they know that we celebrated Halloween at my church last week. We did the whole dinosaur costume during mm-hmm. children's moment thing and the kids wore their costumes. And I said, we did the fun stuff last week. We're doing the significant it's stuff this week. this week. So, Halloween, which I have heard some pastors decry as a heathen holiday, is a Christian holiday. Right. It is Short for All Hallows Eve, hallow meaning holy, mm-hmm. and an eve, of course, comes before a day. Right. So November 1st is Hallow Mass, yeah. which we call All Saints Day, and it's when we remember the people who passed away. So All Hallows Eve is that waiting period before the celebration, which we so often have in church. It's, it's, the, it's the Black Saturday before Easter, Easter Sunday. You know? It's Christmas Eve. It's, it's Advent before Christmas. No, it's, it's, it's that waiting period before the celebration. You know, one of the things I was fascinated with this time, this year, you know how sometimes things just float across your, your, your screen, uh-huh. so to speak. And I was fascinated by how many um, services I saw for vigils on Halloween. Interesting. That I had never noticed before. I'm sure they've been out there. But I had just you mean like Catholic or Episcopal? Catholic, Episcopal, Lutheran, okay. you know, but the idea that you could have a, you know, that people would show up on Halloween for a vigil was for just vigil sort of was like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, and people did, hadn't known this. They hadn't thought about it, you right. know, since you're a child and you color in the page while your teacher talks to you in second grade about whatever. Right. So this was, this was our way of celebrating the people who've gone before. Yes. Uh, and we specifically lift up the names of the people in the congregation who passed away in the mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, we do that too. And then I allow people to name anybody else they want. And what's funny is, you know, time moves so fast that yeah. sometimes it's hard for us to gauge what a year is. And so as we start moving back, you know, we print the names of the people who passed away in the last year. And people started calling out all these other names, people who passed away two or three years ago that are they're convinced died just within the last year because yeah. it's it's still fresh. That grief mm-hmm. is still fresh for us. And that was kind of fun that we we lifted up all these names. And as we lifted up the names, you know, we lit a candle and we rang a bell and we did all mm-hmm, these kind mm-hmm. of things to help us focus. But I also asked people to shout out anything that they remembered about these people that they that they mm-hmm. celebrated. And mm-hmm. so as we're going through this list, you know, you're hearing these stories about people who were 
who were really funny or who had a great laugh or were always willing to reach out and invite somebody into their bridge game or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever the things were. Yeah. So we had all these saints. And as we started the sermon, I invited people to turn to their neighbors Mm -hmm. and I gave them fair warning for all the introverts out there. I'm going to ask you to talk to somebody later. Um, (laughs) So we can prepare. Prepare yourselves mentally for this. Turn to your neighbor and tell them about a saint in your life, somebody that you know that has shown you what it means to be a loving person of faith. Uh, who's no longer with us and tell them, tell them about your saint and tell them why they're your saint. Mm. And so I gave them a few minutes to sort of talk amongst themselves themselves. and name their saints because, you know, we don't always want to shout out like uncle Harry, but uncle Harry mattered to us. And so I want to give people a a place to do that. So we lifted up our saints and then I talked a little bit about what that means. So saints reveal to us the love of God. Yep. Uh, When I was doing children's moment, I asked the kids if anybody was hungry and everybody was hungry. I said, well, what are you hungry for? And they started shouting out all their favorite breakfast foods, you know, (laughs) bacon and pancakes and waffles. And somebody wanted in and out and somebody, you know, like everybody wanted all these different kinds of food. And I said, okay, well, saints are people who are as hungry for God as we are for donuts from Doughboys and in and out burgers and everything else. They are as hungry for it. It doesn't mean that they don't want those other things. Right. It just means that they're also hungry Hungry. for God. And in their hunger for God, in their ability to take in who God is and the love of God, they help us understand God a little bit too. And also get hungry for God. Yes. And so that was sort of our, and we sang All Who Hunger, which is a great, it's like like an All Saints slash communion Sunday kind of song. And it's great. So we sang that one. And then the kids went out and I said, okay, so saints are people who reveal to us the love of God, but that you cannot do that alone. So I asked, what were the things about these people that made them saints? And they said, oh, they were, they were caring or they gave up, you know, lucrative jobs to go fight for economic or ecological justice, or they told us the truth about ourselves or Mm. they, you know, like all these different roles that saints play. And I said, cool. Could a saint do that by themselves? I said, Mother Teresa, for example, we take Mother Teresa. What do we know about Mother Teresa? And they said, well, she was loving. I said, okay, could she be loving on her own? (laughs) I said, no. And she was, she cared for the leper colony. Who is Mother Teresa outside of the leper colony? And they were like, I don't know, some like history teacher, right? And I said, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like saints are saints because they are in relationship with people and help them know the love of God. And that we cannot be, just as we can't be a solitary Christian, we can't be a solitary saint. And that's not accidental. Yeah. But that is built into the nature of the deepest parts of our theology. So I shared with them one of the more scandalous ideas that we learn about in seminary. <laughs> Which is? Which is perichoresis. Oh, yes. And there will be a link on the website so you can learn all about perichoresis. And learn how to spell it. And how to spell it. It's great for cheating at Scrabble. It's not cheating. It's a real word. It's a real word, but it's just not a word that people use most of the time. Anyway, it's about the nature of God. Mm -hmm. And that even within God, God is in relationship. So in Christian theology, we have this really strange idea of the Trinity. We say we're monotheistic. But we also say there's the Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit. Right. And so how do you just have to confuse this, just to confuse us? We like to confuse, you know, people of all ages. Yeah. And so creator, Christ and Holy Spirit, but we say, but they're all one, but they're all different, but we're monotheistic. How does that work? <laughs> and so perichoresis is how that works. Right. And people have killed so many trees trying to figure this out and writing tomes and tomes and tomes of theology. Yep. But perichoresis is the mystery that God's self, that the essence of God is not just in the persons, but right. in the spaces between that connect them right. in loving relationship, in that intimacy. 
Perfect. Yeah. So that so that God is not just the persons of the Trinity, God is the connections as well. And I said, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, do they become you? They don't, hopefully. I mean, unless it's a really abusive. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. We weird don't want to go there. <laughs> cult of personality relationship. Like they don't become you. They get to stay who they are and you get to stay who you are. And, you know, you might shape each other a little bit, but but you're still you right. in that relationship, but the relationship makes you one. Right. And so that that is a reflection of this nature of God idea. I said in seminary, you know, it gets a lot of giggles because half of people in seminary are just out of college. You know, they're 21, 22 years old. Right. And they talk about this three-way loving relationship. Yep. And so perichoresis is known as the holy threesome or right. the holy menage a trois, uh, which makes makes us happiest a bit. So if you need one that's a little bit less loaded. Yes. <laughs> it's the idea of the difference between coherence mm-hmm. and co-inherence. So coherence is when something hangs together. Right. When it's all one. I said, on good Sundays, my sermon is coherent. coherent. It's one thing. Yes. I said, but coherence is when you have distinct things mm. that still join together as right. one. So that they're one, but they're still distinctive. Right. Like in a relationship. Um, so that you don't have to colonize somebody else to be exactly like you to be in relationship with them. Oh, that is something people need to know. Yeah, it's something that we need to work on, that that we're allowed to hold our own shape and still be together. Mm. So this perichoresis idea is what lends us the idea that we cannot be a solitary Christian because even God is not solitary. Right. Within God, God is in relationship. Right. So we are all into relationship. And then this is the mind-blowing thing that I thought was mind-blowing. I don't know if anybody else thought it was okay. mind-blowing. Let's see if it's mind-blowing. Is that saints are not just people who teach us about God with pie charts and... <laughs> demonstrations of piety. Saints are not just people who teach us or lecture us about all of these things, but that saints in the act of loving us, pull us into the very nature of God so that we experience God Yes, and not just know about God or have the right theology or, or something like that. That it's sort of an involuntary thing that when a saint loves you, you get a glimpse of what God is like. Exactly. Whether you want it or not. Yeah. So that's um, that's sort of a powerful idea. And it actually even, it, it doesn't even have to be that the saint loves you. Because I think like in my, my examples in the previous sermon, mm-hmm. people I talked about were people that I find affection for because they felt passionately about things I feel passionately about. Okay, so you love them. So I love them. But they love the people they were working and, with. But they love yeah. the people they were working with. So a, a relationship isn't just two-way either. Yeah. Right? It, it's 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 that web exactly. of how, you know, it's the great cloud of witnesses. And so I said, church at its best. And church will disappoint us because oh, church yeah. is made up of people and we're not perfect. And we don't have the Bible memorized and we make mistakes. But church at its best is a communion of saints. It's mm-hmm. where we all get together and experience, not yep. just know about, not just learn about, but experience the love that is inherent to who God is. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that breaks my heart is when I hear people say, um, I can't go to church because, you know, my skin will sizzle if I walk in the door. Oh. Or I can't go to church because that's where the holy people are. And they and say I keep it going, with this. You're not that important. but <laughs> Yeah. It, then, the, I, I, you know, people say it with humor, but they say it with like this denigrating kind of humor, like Like I am not worth it. Church could not possibly Possibly. be a place for me. And, and every time I hear that, I think, how dare you say my God can't love you? Mm -hmm. How dare you tell my God? How dare you put my God in a box? How dare you say my God can't love you? And so I shared a Steve Garnis Holmes poem Mm -hmm. from um, Halloween. And it goes like this. Inside that monster 
There is a lovely child. Yeah. You know that. Inside every monster is an adorable child. But do you know that? Mm. Beneath this suit or that nice outfit, beneath that street-soiled mess is a precious child. The costumes run deep, of course, and become convincing. Mm. But you know better, right? Yes. You've learned to ignore them, right? So when do you take yours off and just be lovely? In this ribboned world, its feathers and fabrics and patchwork humanity, everything you see is the costume of the lovely one. Mm. And I said, you know, it's not just people outside of church who think they're not good enough. Yeah. There are a lot of us in the pews who have convinced ourselves that there is something wrong with us or that we've made too many mistakes or that God couldn't possibly love us. But if we can't get that part through our head, then we are constantly trying to earn it. And so Mm -hmm. in order to earn it, we make a list of things that we have to do in order to earn God's love. And if we can't get through the whole list, which we can't because we're not perfect and we make mistakes... Then we think, oh, well, that's it, and I'm not going to try. Because we're not good at failing and starting over. Yeah. Because if we don't trust that God will love us anyway, what's the point? Mm. All of that to say that saints are not people who are perfect. And saints are not people who think that they've got it right. Saints are people who are hungry for God. Yep. And who are willing to be loved and who are willing to love. Amen. So this was all based on 1 John chapter 3. I tend to avoid 1st and 2nd and 3rd John. These are not the gospel. These are letters right. later because they get into some church political stuff that it's, we don't read when we yeah. when we just read yeah. it at face value. And then it a little perverts ugly. things. Yes. It perverts things. And so rather than give people a history lecture every time I preach on these, I just tend to avoid them. But this one is pretty good. So 1st John 3 verses 1 through 3 says, What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who God is or what God's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are. Children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up. What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus's life as a model for our own. That God calls us children and that we can put on all the costumes we want and we can make all the pretend uh, Mm -hmm. lists we want of all the things that we have to do in order to earn the love, but it's already there. It's already there for us. And that's it. And that that process of being shaped into uh, not just the image of God, but the image of Christ, somebody who is loving and and Mm -hmm. sacrificing Mm -hmm. and all of that. Uh, that there's a word for that as well. So the third Scrabble word of the Ooh. day, we have perichoresis, coherence, and now deformity, which Ooh. I love because it has some really like That's sci-fi, fa- fantasy yeah. kind of things going on there. But deformity is deity and formation. So deformity is being created and made, made into the image of God. And if the image of God is loving relationship, then it's being formed into loving relationship. So I left my congregation with three questions. Uh-oh. Homework. Always. Always homework. The first one was, who are the people who have gone before you, who have modeled for you, and drawn you into an experience 
of loving relationship. What costumes are you wearing that you think you have fooled everybody with? (laughs) And when do you take them off? The third thing was, who are you pouring yourself into? Mm. So just as we've had all these saints who've who've blessed us, and that's great, I want to make sure that we're also people who are lifting up the next generation Mm -hmm. and blessing them. Because we don't get to complain about, well, nobody goes to church if you're not taking the time to help them understand why that would be important. Yep. Like if you're not drawing them into that communion of saints by showing them love and care and listening and doing all those things that we said our saints did for us. Yeah. And if people needed opportunities about how to do that, I was happy to get them in touch with our children's director. (laughs) But that unless you can name three or four people that you're pouring yourself into right now, Mm -hmm. you might need to dedicate some thought to it. because. Whether or not you realize it, you are somebody's saint. You might just be thinking you're off duty. <laughs> and you're not. And you're not. So. Yeah. So that was the sermon on Sunday was, who are you sainting at? <laughs> to, whom, <laughs> who are you sh- to whom are you sainting? <laughs> to whom are you sainting? <laughs> that it's not just a, a thing. It's yeah. it's all of us. And so the, the cover quote for the sermon this week was Frederick Buechner. Uh-huh. And he said, we are all of us more mystics than we believe or choose to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have seen more than we let on, even to ourselves, through some moment of beauty or pain or some sudden turning in our lives, we catch glimmers, at least, of what the saints are blinded by. Only then, unlike the saints, we tend to go on as though nothing has happened. To go on as though something has happened, even though we're not sure what it was or just where we're supposed to go with it is to enter the dimension of life that religion is a word for. Hmm. So when you catch that glimmer, to let it change you, that's sort of what we're called to do and be. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that might relate to the topics we've been discussing, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail. Or you can find us at our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. The scripture for this podcast is 1 John 3, 1 to 3. And the music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So we closed our worship service on Sunday with an earworm of a hymn. It's I Sing a Song of the Saints Saints of of God. God. The end, it starts naming off all these different saints and right. where you can find them, and you know. And I came home and wrote a different version of it. Oh, and because a friend of mine just finished his job at Google, oh, uh-huh. and is looking for new employment and was seeking encouragement in that, and I said, well, one worked at Google and one wrote a tweet and one posted something I needed to see. They were all of them saints of God, and I mean, God helping to be one too. <laughs> so. Friends, you have been blessed. You've known saints. They have transformed you in some way, I hope. I hope you have experienced the love of God. And I hope that you are not afraid to share it. That you're not afraid to take off your costume of pretend and see yourself as God sees you as a beloved child. And then also use that same lens to see other people and to encourage them and love them and care for them and serve them. Because that's who we're called to be as Christians. So my hope for you this week is that you have the courage to be transformed and that you have the humility to serve without thinking it's about you. Amen. Because it ties all of us into this great love of God. Amen. Amen.